cliffcentral.com Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com Welcome to Future CEOs here on Cliff Central. My name is Gareth Armstrong and it's so good to be with you this afternoon. Are you a future CEO? If you say or if you answer that question with a yes, well then this is the show for you. What do we do here? We try and bring executives, entrepreneurs, people that are a little bit further along on their journey and what we try to do is we extract lessons and insights from them so that you can or we can help you to fast track your career and grow your business. Welcome to the show. We are, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting show today. In fact, we're, we're going to be talking to an incubator um, at the first half hour. Second half hour, we're going to be talking to a young lady who, who really, she, she took an, a whole other direction in her career. I think it's going to be a fascinating discussion. That's coming up at the half hour. This, this half hour... I think what we're going to do, and we do this often, is we get, we get our guests to introduce themselves and we see how much they brag about themselves. And if they don't do enough, well, then we brag for them. But uh, if they do too much, then we just turn their mics off. Uh, Mbali, let's start with you because you're the rose. And of course, Mbali is the flower. Welcome to Future CEOs. It's good to be with you. Who are you? All right. Thank you, Gareth. And thank you for having me. Well, Mbali Zamesa, uh, who I am, I'm the Program coordinator at the SAB Foundation, a young girl who grew up from Alexandra, still in Alexandra. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome, welcome, and we're going to ask you for a little bit more detail because yes. you didn't do any bragging. Uh, no, no, I'll let the entrepreneurs brag first, <laughs> then I'll have my turn. Well, let's go to the entrepreneurs uh, directly across from me. This is your first time on radio. Exactly. You're not exactly. feeling too nervous, though. No, not yet. Okay, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear. Who, who are you? Tell our listeners uh, why they should be listening to you and your insight today, please. Thank you, Gareth. Uh, my name is Fundan Nkosi. I'm a founder and a managing director of Phone Safety and Industrial Supplies, which also falls under Phones Group, where we have a number of companies. And then this Phone Safety and Industrial Supplies is the one that entered the Fetola or Tolwana competition mm-hmm. or uh, incubation, where we we manufacture overalls, we manufacture corporate clothing, we manufacture Everything that has to do with uniform. How so, long? How long have you guys been around? We've been a year and a half now. Okay, a year and a half. Yes. You're in in or being assisted by S, the SABC. Oh, SABC. SAB Foundation. And we're going to talk about that experience in a moment. It's good to have you in studio. And then finally, this is now not your first time on on radio. Thankfully, yes. Thankfully, yes. Welcome. And uh, let me just quickly check here. Um, Am I right in Mzanzi Scuba Diving Academy? That's 100% correct, Gareth. Okay. Very, very interesting. Mzanzi. Mzanzi South Africa Scuba Diving Academy. How did this come from? (laughs) From Mauritius, 2003. Okay. Started diving there and I realized that, you know what, the oceans are beautiful. You should be in the water. Everybody should be in the water. Everybody should be diving. You know. So my name is Kolisile Kumalo, and I'm the CEO and the founder of Mzanti Scuba Diving Academy. Um, we like to think ourselves as the future of diving in South Africa. Well, why you know, is that? Because we're doing things differently. You know, okay. we, are, we are we are we are we are doing things completely different. We are putting programs completely differently. We're targeting a different market, and we're basically saying to people who have never even dipped a toe in the water to say you 
can actually dive. You know, that's why our motto is now everyone can dive. Okay, very, very nice. Mm. Almost like what, uh, I mean, our, our famous beloved founder here says, Absolutely. everyone can be a, a broadcaster. Absolutely. Uh, if you're associated with Close Central, anyone can be a broadcaster. Mm. Okay, let's go into, uh, Mbali, let's go back to you. Yes. Just tell us a little bit about your background. Okay. How did you get into this position where you are assisting entrepreneurs to grow their businesses mm. and and really make something of themselves? Yes. Yeah, so how I got here is I started out as an intern and in, uh, one of the NGOs that um, ran one of the National Department of Environmental Affairs and People and Parks program. So okay. when I started as an intern, I actually started studied environmental management. But when I got into the company, they saw something in me and they're like, no, let's put you into um, business development where you can help small entrepreneurs. I grew from that from an intern, became an enterprise development consultant there, then moved to the Southern African Wildlife College in Kruger National Park, where I ran their 30 million rands a jobs fund project. Wow, very nice. Yes, we are coordinated all the activities in that program and then I landed up here at SAB Foundation. Very, very nice. What did they see in you? So you've said they saw something in you. Yes. Everyone's asking that question and I'm asking it to you yes. in behalf of everyone. What did they see in you? The passion. Um, I think the entrepreneurs in the studios can attest to that. That uh, I really am passionate about helping small businesses. Um, I want to know what their challenges are and how to help them get over that and help them um, overcome those obstacles. So I think for me it's the passion and the fact that I really love what I do. You know, The, the thing is that so many people say passion and yeah. what does that even mean? I, I hope you entrepreneurs are going to be able to define what this is, yep. this, this passion thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you want to get, do a stab it and let's see if they agree okay. with you? What is passion? So, for I mean, me, passion... Let's, let's get our arms around it. Yes, for me, passion is when you wake up and you don't feel like you're going to work. You know, that's passion for me because when I wake up, I don't feel like, oh, I'm going to work. You know, I feel like I'm going to change lives, Mm. you know. So for me, that's how I define passion. Okay. That's a very nice way to do it. It's very practical. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gentlemen, are you passionate about your businesses? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, For me, passion is to keep on doing what you love best. You know, if you have passion, you, you, you feel like you can just continue doing it every day, every day. You keep on doing it. You don't want to sleep. For you, the night is just a disturbance. You just want to keep on waking, exactly. Mm. Uh, so I guess my question to you, though, is, and I, I mean this with the greatest amount of respect, but can you be passionate about rainwear, protective gear, and overalls? Yes, in or the manufacturing pas- part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So what are you passionate about in your business, actually? So where what gets you up in the morning? Is it the fact that you have the business, or is it they're part of the business that just connects with you. Remember our 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 manufacturing or the clothing side of it or safety clothing. It's about making our customers comply with the uh, standards of safety and health standards, all all those standards. Mm. And then we, we we want to see our clients meeting those standards, and we want to see our clients meeting their brands. Because you'll find that they have a specific brand that they follow. There's a specific way that they must uh, address all the uh, employees. So we help them to 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 to, to manage that so that. Uh, at the end of the day, like you see, let's say for Coca-Cola, for instance, when you see a Coca-Cola uh, employee, you can tell from a distance that that's a Coca-Cola and client. And that's what we do. We manufacture their clothing according to what they want. And that's that keeps us like 
on our feet on every day that their clients must meet mm. their their branding demands them they must meet their safety standards mm. yes. okay no very very nice uh, I was at some at a presentation this morning when they were speaking about and it's a term that they've coined which is afrilenials okay. uh, which is so is such an interesting spin on the millennial uh, th- subject really and what they were saying was that millennials in general are looking for meaning and looking for purpose. And that's what I hear come, coming strongly out yes. of what you're saying. That there is a, a purpose. It may not be right here in front of you, but it's definitely an end goal, bigger purpose. Exactly. Uh, are, you, are you passionate about? Absolutely. No, Absolutely. Just tell me about this. So 2003, I think you said. Yes, Mauritius. Mauritius. Yeah. What, what were you doing there? Just a holiday? We, no, no, no. It was, it was a training program. Okay. So my background is learning and development. Okay. I used to work for a number of companies in the learning and development space. And um, that's where the passion comes from, you know, empowering people through knowledge. Mm. And these guys took us, you know, for an underwater walk that time. So it was okay. not proper, proper diving. Very interesting. But when we were under the, under the sea, you know, I started seeing people diving and I said, I, will, I should be able to do this. You know, and, and I came back to South Africa, enrolled into a diving school, started diving. 2009, I realized mm, something is missing here. Mm. Uh, uh, and, and to answer your question, my passion on a daily basis is to say that diving as a hidden industry should be out in the open because there are very few people in South Africa that are in the diving industry. My dream and my passion is to ensure that I drive that to as many people as possible so that the, in- the industry grows, you know. Uh, and, and, yeah. It's about experience, isn't it? Absolutely. So you experience something that, that, t- that day, that time, yes. that uh, doing that walk yes. that you want other people to experience. Exactly. Uh, and I like training and development professionals. Yeah. Why? Because most of them, they, they would actually be school teachers if they could be, yes. but it doesn't pay enough. So then, then they go trading and development route, but it's about the light coming in the other person's eyes. It's about what they experience. And, and, and you see that. You see that when you have a person who could not even swim, a person who has never, you know, dipped a toe in, in, in a pool. Once they start, you know, taking their first breath underwater and that light come on. And then you see that. And then they start realizing that there are so many careers in the diving industry. There are so many opportunities, business opportunities in the diving industry. And, 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 and that fuels your passion on a daily basis. When you see that one light coming in one person, you know, it fuels you to say, okay, I can do this to the next person and the next person and the next person. You know? mm. So that's, that's the message that we're trying to send here as Mzanta Scuba Diving Academy to say everyone can dive. Everyone can dive. Um, and Bali, I want to just quickly ask, how many entrepreneurs do you see where they come into a program that, that you guys are now, I guess you, you vet them quite carefully, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But how many entrepreneurs do you see that don't last because they aren't actually connected to what they do? They don't feel this connection to, to safety, um, or, or employee uh, wellness, and they're not feeling mm-hmm. like they want to give mm-hmm. someone a, a brand new experience. They're doing it for the money. How many, mm-hmm. uh, what's the ratio? Give us some stats. Give us some insights, please. Um, I think quite a few. Um, Because a lot of people Okay, some people actually start the business For the wrong reasons, which is money You know, they're driven by money And then they don't have passion for what they do And that's why when tough times come they don't become resistant you know mm. they just give up because that they don't have the passion for what they're doing for them the passion is money so when the money doesn't come in then they stop wanting to push and going forward so like you said in this program we really vet properly the entrepreneurs that we put into the program because we want to make sure that we get people who will be able to stay on the program for two years not only the program but even beyond the program that even five years later when we calling them and wanting to check up on them and how they're doing that we'll find that they still 
still operations and they've reached greater heights. So, yeah, there's, uh, you know, it's an issue. So I would say that people must really start something because of the passion of what they're doing, not for, okay, money is a good thing, but, you know, yeah, let's not make it the top priority why you start a business. The thing is that money is a tool. Yes. And if you can mm. connect to what you want to be doing, then you use the tool to further that purpose. Definitely. Right? Talk us through the quickly the vetting process, and then I'm going to ask these gentlemen what their experience of the vetting process okay. was, how nervous they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the criteria that you are looking for? Okay, so what we're looking for is we look at uh, businesses that have been in operation for at least six months okay. um, and no longer than five years, black-owned businesses, and we have a priority focus on businesses that are owned by the women, mm. youth, people living in rural and peri-urban areas, as well as people living with disabilities, so that's part of the criteria. I'm going to interrupt you. How do you support someone that lives in a rural area? I mean, that, that's difficult. Yes, I think why we want to put priority focus on that is because usually in rural areas, there are not that many opportunities. So mm. if you support one entrepreneur in that area, then it's like a ripple effect. You know, you're able to create um, role models in that area that other kids can look up to and then aspire to be entrepreneurs as well. So that's why we focus on rural areas mm. in that we can start creating this, creating this entrepreneurial role models in those areas. So then they sit down in front of you and what do they, what do they ask? Maybe let's go to the gentleman here. What was the most difficult question that they asked you during this process? Maybe the one that you, you stuttered or stammered at, at the most. We'll go here. And it was the vision. Okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Catherine Weinberg, the vision. You know, in spite of what you've been able to yes, share now, in, is this, yeah, is this, it's, it's about the vision of the company. Where do I want to take the company? You know, I, I came in as a one dimensional individual. And then when I got into the program, you know, the, the Fetula program is amazing. I can tell you the type of people that we meet are, are, are amazing. You know, the SAB foundation, the program is really, really amazing. Now mm-hmm. I was one dimensional and the question was the vision. What's the vision of your organization? You know, taking it forward and, you know, we usually have, you know, what, two years, three years. They said, but about 100 years, mm. you know, a 100-year company that will still be operating when you're not, you know, here anymore. Because that changes absolutely. It changes the way you Focus, do everything, isn't it? It changes everything the way you do things. And I, I, like, I like the idea of going out somewhere, developing a vision 10 years, 20 years, maybe even 100 yeah. years into the future, and then working back. Exactly. What do I have to do over the next 10 years to get to 100? What do I have to get over the, or do over the next five years to get to 10? Mm. Um, and so on. And we work we work back. What, what are the the phrase is begin with the end in mind. In mind, right? yes. yes, of course it is. All right, your, your most nervous point during the vetting process. What was that? Uh, for me, I would say uh, never. I wasn't that nervous. But what the uh, hold on, hold the, on, hold on. So you you must understand that if you're going to say something, you've got to qualify it. Okay. When yes. you, Fundani, when you say that you weren't that nervous, why weren't you that nervous? On the application, I wasn't that nervous because it. Uh, the requirements only showed me things that we need to put in place as a business, mm. like saying we want your profile, submit your profile, submit your your financial statements, submit your your tax clearance. You see, so th- those were some of the things that will say, um, I need this in my company because in most cases you find a company is running but it's not registered. Mm. So that to me it said. Get your, 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 your tax in a row. You must have this. You must comply with this and this and this. That's when I think where they, when they're doing their vetting, they also checked thoroughly whether, let's say if we take, text, uh, clearance certificate, whether it's still valid or, uh, you, you're running 
uh, what can I call it? I won't say a spaza shop because some spaza shops are just <laughs> a, back, a backyard business. A backyard business. Yeah, yes. Right. Mm. Okay. No, and and so even that, just the vetting process, then mm. is quite empowering, I guess. Exactly. Mm. Yes. Um, Bali, let's go back to you. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'm fascinated by the idea that we can take someone who we don't really know. There, there's face value information. We do a little bit of vetting, mm-hmm. but then we invest a, a whole bunch of time and energy into assisting these individuals. Mm-hmm. What is a uh, – just give us – story of your absolute superstar mm-hmm. Who, who's your superstar and what I mean I, I'm, I'm assuming it's what these gentlemen are aspiring to mm-hmm. become or are these your superstars <laughs> they're part of the superstars so, part of the superstar group mm-hmm. okay well welcome superstars thank you, <laughs> thank you but uh, so you've seen some failures you have seen some successes yes. tell us about the biggest success so the the, the biggest gap that you've had to bridge mm-hmm. what is that um, I think the biggest gap is uh, that we've had to bridge is because the because we're focusing on and draw businesses mm. as well is you'd find people who come into the program and they're not as confident um, even when we're in business skills training workshops people don't have the confidence to speak and trust their you know that the experience is worthy mm. you know what the program does is we build that confidence in them mm-hmm. you know so you'll see with the first and the second workshop people are very reserved and not able, not speaking a lot but by the third workshop people have built that confidence that now they're able to speak um, one person in, in mind that I can think of there's a, a printing company that we supported in 2015 that came into the program she's actually exiting end of March now when she started she was also one of those quiet ladies you know um, in the workshops and working with her mentors but by end of last year she had increased her her turnover Per month by over 200%. Oh, wow. You know, so to show that the work that we're investing and putting into her, you know, is really making a difference in her life. And considering where she is based in Lebuahomu, you know, um, there's not a lot of opportunities in that area, but what she's bringing into that area is amazing. So, do you see a bit of a, almost a bell curve in terms of the amount of investment that you have to make into these entrepreneurs? So, you start and it's a little, it's tentative and small because you want to, again, there's a vetting process. Yes. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think the mistake that many entrepreneurs might make or startups might make is that they think that the vetting process ends once they're inside the program. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not the case. Mm-hmm. So, so there's this bell curve and then you get to this, this point, the, mm-hmm. the tipping point where you've given everything and now mm-hmm. uh, you really expect them now because you've, uh, they've built confidence, because you've put structures in place that they are going to now take it and go. So mm-hmm. your, your investment needs can, can cascade, cascade mm-hmm. down quite dramatically. Yeah. Is that the way it works? Yes, um, you see that with the businesses that are starting out at the program, um, there's a lot of time that we put into them because there's different interventions that we like to put in place in the beginning, mm-hmm. the first six months of the program. That's the mentorship starts kicking in. We have the business skills training, like the vision workshop that we talked about, mm-hmm. where we really try and help them structure where the business is going. After that, they also some uh, we assist them as well with their tools, whether it's their um, sales tools or their profiles or their business cards just to try and professionalize the business mm. then by six months then we start you know looking at who do we invest in in terms of uh, grant funding because there's a possibility of grant funding in the program then after that six months when we've put all those interventions in place then we start looking at who needs um, the funding and how would it be used and will it be used in a way that it would make a greater impact on the program and once that's done then you start seeing people really starting to you know mature and fly out on their own. So with the group that's leaving um, the program end of March, 
you see that most of them have really, you know, performed very well. Mm. And by exiting the program, you know, we have really great stories to tell with them. How many people exit early? How many program, uh, program participants? That have exited early. Yeah, that'll exit early. Yeah. What's the no, we don't have. We don't, don't have. have. No, uh, you have prob- uh, You have uh, participants who maybe don't meet the program requ- like requirements, the interventions. Maybe they don't take part or they mm. don't participate. Then those are the people that we need to remove out of the program. Sure. Yeah, okay. but no one ever just drops out of the program and says they don't want to do it. Yeah, it seems crazy. That yeah. they, uh, crazy that they would. Mm. Gentlemen, I want to quickly uh, let's talk very very quickly because we're men here, <laughs> and pride is a big thing for us. Uh, self-worth is a big thing for women. Pride is a big thing for us. And it, I think it kind of stems from the same place. But what would you say to an individual that's listening who is thinking, you know what, I want to build this myself. I don't need the help of anyone else. What, what do you say to, to that individual who's listening? I think that's step number one that is very, very wrong. Okay. As a business person, you need somebody to look up to. You need to be able to identify a mentor in your in your business life, and then you take notes from that person. You cannot go this route alone. Mm. You need support in all uh, sides. Uh, like my colleague uh, alluded earlier, that um, for his business was a one man show, and then that's the, the the pride that comes in that this is my business. I can do everything on my own, which is impossible. You cannot be everything in your business. That's the first mistake that we make as, as, as entrepreneurs. This is my business. I'm going to run it the way I see it. I'm going to do everything. I'm finance. I'm sales. I'm a yeah. driver. Mm-hmm. I'm, in my case, I'm suing the other day. Tomorrow I'm pegging, which is impossible. You need. What's your prim- What is your primary role right now? So what have you identified as your core competency? Are you, are you really the CEO or are you actually the COO or are you the CMO? Are, are you doing marketing? Are you doing sales? Are you doing operations? What are you actually doing? At the moment, I'm mostly on sales okay. because I, I need to build that, uh, uh, um, let me say, a data list. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I need fine. as many sales as possible. So. I'm focusing mostly on sales. I don't do paperwork. I go out there, look for business. Yeah. I'm passionate about selling. I've been selling sweets since high school. Mm. I sold fruits. Mm. I sold almost everything. Wow. <laughs> Even leather jackets, I sold at some stage. <laughs> very, very nice. And I must say, that sales is probably not the number one skill that every entrepreneur should learn. Exactly. And that comes from a mentor of mine who's been on the show a number of mm. times, but he, he emphasizes sales, sales, sales. Mm. Uh, and also, just a little aside, uh, we've met with a lot of CEOs over the, over the years mm. doing this, and I've always asked them, what do CEOs actually do? And the ones that are really, really good at what they do, they know what they do, mm. and they are actually salesmen. Mm-hmm. CEOs yeah. are traveling salesmen. Yep. Exactly. Um, and too many people, they glorify the position, but actually... Sales, sales, sales. Okay, very, very nice. Couldn't agree with more. Couldn't agree more with what Fundanya said. And it goes back to what uh, Mbali said earlier. The passion will drive you to push your business, you know, by selling, you Mm. know. So, so, so it's, it's basically that. But Fundanya said he's spot on. I cannot add or, you know, subtract what he said. Uh, The, uh, let's just quickly, because we are talking sales, just for one minute here. Mm. What is the key to, to really good selling? So if people are confidence. agreeing with us, obviously they're agreeing with us. Confidence. You're if you're not confidence? confident about your product, nobody would buy it. Okay. If I can't sell you diving if I'm not a diver myself. So what is confidence? Confidence is knowing exactly what you want to sell to a person. 
and probably exactly how it assists that how person. How it assists that person, how, how it changes that person's life. Yes, if exactly. I come to you, you have never been in the water, and I say to you, I'm going to change your perspective about the oceans, about the water. And I haven't done it, and I don't have that confidence. You'll never be able to buy that from me. By the way, I haven't, so you're selling me right now. Okay, we're doing that tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and, and yourself, uh, key to sales, you, you, um, I saw you nodding vigorously. So you're saying confidence as well. Is there, is there something else to it? Let, let, let's start with knowing your product mm. okay. and have confidence in your product mm. because people will sell you something that he doesn't even believe in. Mm. I'll, let's say if I'm going to sell you this jacket and say, it's good quality, but you know, mm. you need to have confidence. You say, okay, I'm giving you this, uh, Gareth. This is good quality. This is going to last you for three years. I'm confident in that. You gladly buy it. You know, you've got a good product in your wardrobe. Yeah, no, no, exactly. I, I think if I may as well just add one thing, and that is uh, a, th- a very, very, very thick skin. Yeah. Because <laughs> sales is all about numbers, right? Yes. yes. And uh, I mean, if someone was a fifty percent salesman, so closing fifty percent mm. of all their deals, I'd hire him in a heartbeat because fifty percent is hard to get to. Yeah. Uh, you really, really have to know know your thing and have some resilience. We have run out of time. Can you oh. believe it? Uh, <laughs> things move fa- fast here in the future CEO's Cliff Central yeah. Studio. And Bali, just maybe a final thought or or feeling that you want to share with mm-hmm. our listeners. Maybe they uh, have never encountered an incubator before. Yeah. Maybe. They are struggling in some kind of way. What do you say to those individuals? And let's let's do that for for everyone, and then we'll okay. close. So I think I'll start by just uh, informing the listeners that the Tolana Enterprise Program applications are open. And they'll close on the 15th of March on midday. This is a great opportunity for any entrepreneur who wants to catapult the business to the next level. The business, the incubator or the program offers a variety of interventions that will really help and assist your business to get to another level. Mm. So I would advise any entrepreneur who's there who meets our criteria to visit our website. That's www.sabfoundation.co.za and get and click on the link and get more information on the program and apply. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you. The biggest takeaway that you've you've had during this experience. Let's go with that, from both of you. Biggest takeaway, biggest single biggest. From being one-dimensional to being multi-dimensional. Okay, Very that's nice. it. Yeah, well, well, and good. please, if you're an entrepreneur, don't be an idiot. Go onto the website. The Tuluana program really, really works. It Very will nice. change your life. Very nice. Okay, for me, it's the vision, mm. knowing where you're going. Mm. Yes, and that uh, and that is it's a, almost a watershed moment mm. when you suddenly know where you're going. Everything else falls into place. Exactly. Mm. Thank you so very very much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Mbali, for all the good work that yeah. you do. Thank and you gentlemen, thank you for thank inspiring you us, especially with a uh, the the, uh, the fact that you are connected. I can I can sense from both of you that you're connected, and, that, and that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Karaj. Thanks. All right, we're going to be back in just a minute or two. Right after this. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.